How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. Just great. Fantastic. What's going on in your life? Oh, you know, just the four walls of my bedroom are really great. Are you loving it? Yeah, I love it so much. Because you're not a... It's my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah, because you're not like always running all the time. I hate it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I absolutely hate it. Like, so surgery was a week ago today. Yep. Um, and, um, it was absolute hell. It was awful. I did get it done in my hometown at the hospital where I'm comfortable in and everything was great. And let me just tell you, the doctor called me from his personal cell phone twice. The hospital called me twice and the surgical center called me twice all to check on me every single day. That's really nice. Yeah. No, they did a great job. They did a really, really great job. Good. So I'm whatever. Um, I'm not a good sick person as you have now. Well, I mean, not like you didn't know it before, but I'm not a good sick person. Day one, I slept, huh? Yeah. I slept nonstop. I have gone on and on and on about how I don't take drugs and I don't even take a Tylenol and I don't even da, 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 da. Dude, I was popping those pain pills. Like it was my job. You caught me real off guard when you asked me to go fill your prescription. Yeah. It hurt. You were like, I'm going to need you to go to the pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will if I have to, but if I don't have to, yeah. but Tylenol was not touching it. Yeah. It was not. It hurts. And then day two, day two, did I sleep all day? Mm, mm. You went to the couch. I went to the couch. Yeah. Day three, my boss at work started texting me, telling me about crises <laughs> that were happening and asking. When you're going to be back to work. Yeah. You need to get back to work. I'm like, okay. Okay. So I actually tried to shower that day and I showered, did my hair, did my makeup, got dressed for work, went out to open my, my truck door and I couldn't open it. Yeah. Because you would be surprised like what you use your ab muscles for. I couldn't open it and I couldn't get in it. So I was like, not, it's not happening. Right. It's not happening. So that sucked. And then the next day it snowed. Therefore, the chickens had to be moved. (laughs) I touched nine chickens, y'all. She touched nine chickens, and not only did she touch nine chickens, but it was also the day that two of the goats sold, and I can't go out there and do it. So her and Coral had to go out to the land and get the goats for me. (laughs) We caught one just fine. One, yeah. The other one kicked our ass. Yeah. Yeah, we tried roping, we tried giving it grain, we tried tackling it, wrestling it. Could not get it done. It said, no, thank you. Yep, so I went and picked up the 10-year-old brother, Bridger. Shut up. From school <laughs> a little bit early and went out there and he just took charge like the boss-ass king that he is. And he got him into all of them into a smaller pen and... Handed Trista the rope and said, you try to rope it, Trista. You need some practice doing this. Like, you, it's your goat. You do it. She couldn't throw a rope to save her life, but it mattered not because he just grabbed its back leg, sat down on it, and he was like, take your time. She sent me a Snapchat of the other goat, and I was like, oh, my gosh, how did you catch him? She's like, Bridger did it. I was like, that's actually some bullshit. Yeah, he did it in, like, 14 seconds, too. Thank you. Yeah, moving on because this cup pissed me off. Yeah, he did a great job. And then, 
yeah, he did a great job. Then we came back here and we moved the chickens. We moved to the chickens. Did I... all of that. Well, I just, I just yell a lot. I just, I just bark commands at everybody. It's so okay. frustrating. It's so frustrating. She is frustrated because she could have had it done in a quarter of the time it took us. Yeah. To do it. I don't know about that, but I don't know. But anyway, it all got done, and I'm on the mend, and I will be fine. And that's that. Ten pounds is all you're allowed to lift for a month. You, it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. Can't vacuum. Can't push a cart. Can't vacuum. The, I, Walmart. Yep. Tried to go to Walmart to just get a couple filters for the heater like this weekend. Just a couple filters for my whatever, my HVAC heating system, whatever. And some spray foam insulation. And <laughs> I know. I came into the house and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. You can't be doing this. I, well, I can. I can do that. I mean, that. she's like, I'm going to carpet it. And I'm like... No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to end up having to have hernia surgery. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. It's going to be fine. In 30 days, you can carpet the... Yeah, I'm just prepping it. That's all mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. bullshit. I am bored out of my freaking mind. I sent you a long list of fantastic TV shows to watch. You did, and they suck. You have only tried one. It sucked. One. Go to the next. On to the next. Okay. Until you find the one you want. And then all of those have at least 10 seasons. You're fine. And here's the other thing is because I slept for two days straight, the next two days I couldn't sleep at all. Right. Because I'm exerting zero energy. I mean, I only took pain pills for two days and then Tylenol is managing it. I mean, it was fine after that, but yeah, I'm not a very good sick person. Uh, the food part, now the food part, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, not good with that either. <laughs> but so on Saturday, I had a client. I was in excruciating pain and you worked all Saturday morning. Yeah, which sucked. Which sucked. Um, but... I was out of pain pills, <laughs> which sucked. And I was in, I don't know what the hell it was with like day, what was that, day five or whatever. Yeah. But man, it wasn't like, it wasn't like pain. It was like soreness, but I couldn't move. Right. Like I couldn't, my ab muscles are just not working. It's well, just not. you have not, four like incisions in your stomach. Right. I got four holes in my stomach. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll blame it on that. No, I mean, that's I mean, legit. that's fact. Right. Right. So hurt pretty damn bad. However, I have a client who, I'm probably going to get in trouble for telling this story, but I have a client who has been my client for four years. Yeah. And when she came to me, she was um, like a pretty, pretty strong addict, like heroin, acid, meth, like anything she could get her hands on, alcoholic. She was a hot mess and she's older than I am. And through the last four years, like I've seen her, I mean, like she's a completely different person, Yeah. right? And she got married on Saturday and I did not want to miss that if I could. And so I called you, asked you if you would take me, if you would drive me there. I'm thinking, you know, for 30 minutes or whatever, I can sit through this wedding because I very, very rarely do you get to stand on the other side of addiction with clients. Very, very rarely. And, and she gave me like five invitations like it was important for her to her for me to be there yeah and so I didn't feel like I could miss it regardless of how miserable I was like I needed to be there so you went with me it was the weirdest wedding ever was it not a hundred percent she 
was frying like an egg in a hot pan of bacon grease. Seriously. I was like, what is happening right now? Like, I was so excited yeah. to be on this other side of addiction with her, and she was completely out of it. Yeah, like, stared at Tracy for, I'm not even being dramatic, probably a minute and a half, two minutes before she registered who she was. Right. And I have been in her life several days a week for four years. No idea. She had no clue who I was. Yeah. So that was fun. So we, you know, so that sucked. So we exited gracefully. <laughs> I, yeah. And everybody there was, I mean. Hi. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, drunk. And I mean, I get it. It's a wedding. It's a party. It's, but it's probably not the place that I should be. No. We, we so, exited. so I just gave her a hug, told her I, you know, love you, bye, and I left. So, but that sucked. And then we had to go to the store and buy cake because Tracy really wanted wedding cake. I wanted cake. I wanted wedding cake, but I wasn't going to eat the cake pops that were there. <laughs> I didn't. Be a very different podcast, maybe <laughs> if we had. I so yeah. So we went and got. We went and got carrot cake, which is my favorite kind of cake, and chocolate cake, and all kinds of cakes, different kinds. I know of she's cakes. like. Do you think that three pieces of cake is enough? And they're like big pieces of cake, like big pieces of cake. Right. I'm like, yes, we have enough cake. Right. And I also ate meat today. She did. She did eat meat. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. Meat Meat was like not on my list of things that I can eat for like six weeks. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I'm, I 100% am going to regret it, but... Whatever, it was delicious. It was so good. And it was also, it wasn't like meat that you cook at home. It was like from a barbecue food truck. Food truck. <laughs> it was like that they took the entire stick of meat and just smothered it and like dipped it into a giant tub of barbecue sauce. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. And you know, the doctor told me when you go to eating meat, you need to make sure that you chew the hell out of it. Like chew yeah. it really, really well. Because meat is really hard for your body to digest. I was devouring it. <laughs> I didn't even take it off the stick. I, did, I, I inhaled it. I was so, I'm like, yes. And now I'm going to eat three pieces of huge cake. So whatever, that's great. Whatever brings you joy. You know, it's probably not going to bring me joy later. It but brought you joy in the moment. It absolutely did. Yeah. So here's another thing that I want to say. Um, Eddie, thank you so much for your email yeah. to me specifically. That was very, very thoughtful. Stacy, that girl texted me several times every single day to check in with me and to make sure that I was okay. Yeah. Scott, my boy from Beyond the Shadows, thank you. Amanda from One Nothing. From One Nothing. I mean, Farah. Conversation conversation. Yeah. Everybody, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was going to get on here and I was going to, like, throw some massive shade to my boy Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw some massive shade because he's like, whatever. But just like 30 minutes ago, he just sent a text that said, Tracy, so Tracy fucking dead or what? So, <laughs> so Tyler is wondering where you are. So Tyler's in the clear. Thanks for checking on me. <laughs> but no, like it's really, it's really, it's, it's cool. Thank you guys very much. Especially like, especially something like this. We always say that we have like a little podcast family going on but like we genuinely do like everybody genuinely, genuinely really cares about each other yeah and it's really nice to like i don't know to see you know well, when, when shit yeah. hits the fan everybody really is there for each other and we do have a really 
amazing support system. We really do. And and here's another thing that I'm just going to throw out there is it's crazy to me how people who are, I mean, you guys are not complete strangers, but I mean, strangers, really. Yeah. I mean, checked on me more than, I mean, my family did. Not you guys. I mean, I, I like shot her. You know, like, I mean, me I mean, like you know, <laughs> friends that have been around forever right. and whatever. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's it, that's crazy. But build anyway, your own, build your own tribe. It's super, super. Um, it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Jim brought me a gift. He did. He did. I answered the door. Yeah, he brought me a great gift. <laughs> he brought me one of the greatest gifts you could possibly bring me. That is not coffee. Oh, I haven't had coffee for a week. And so the other day, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I was like, I haven't had coffee for a week or two weeks. I need to like have coffee. So I think that in my head that a peppermint latte from Starbucks is my first best choice. It was not. It was not. But anyway, Jim brought me a gift. I'm all over the place today, aren't I? It's fine. Everybody's falling. Yeah. So what did he bring me? Box of ammunition. Box of Three five seven ammunition. <laughs> I was like, yes, that he made. Yeah. Yep. He has an ammo manufacturing company, and he brought me some of his ammo, which I have wanted to shoot for a while. So, Jim, obviously, thank you. <laughs> obviously. So. But thank you everybody for checking on Mama. Yeah, no, it means a lot. It really does. I joke around a lot about it, but thank you very much. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. So thanks for that. And since I have had so much time to just sit and not do anything, I am bringing the case today. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Uh, so I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence, and we can be found at... Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Patreon, The Suspended Sentence Podcast... Our email address is the suspended sentence podcast at gmail.com. And you can buy Tracy's book anywhere that books are sold, preferably Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Shout out to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I love Barnes and Noble. IADP and the 13 components to criminal thinking and behavior. Correct, Amondo. Thank you. <laughs> so it's Halloween season. Spooky season. Spooky season. And Halloween is my least favorite holiday. I love Halloween. I know you do. And so does Coral. And this year is the first year that I was going to decorate. (laughs) Went and bought all kinds of decorations. We still haven't done it yet. I'm going to do it this year or this week. Um, But I do not like Halloween. I'm going to come over here and catch this woman in like a ladder and rip her ass. Yeah. But at any rate, I don't like Halloween at all. Do not like it at all. Why? There's a plethora of reasons. Many, 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 many reasons. Now, I'm not like anti-Halloween. I don't like not take my kids trick-or-treating, but I would prefer to not take them (laughs) trick-or-treating. I would prefer to just have like a Halloween party. Right. I would prefer that. Why? Because there's like this safety thing as a mother, right? The safety of like the candy could be poisoned or, right? Like your whole life growing up, didn't I always like check your candy? Don't eat it. I've got to check it first. Yes. Yes, it's terrifying as a parent, right? (laughs) And so it's kind of like, um, I don't know the word that I'm looking for right now. When you read a case and you're like, that's where that shit came from. Yeah, eye-opening. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. So anyway, so here we are. I feel like I know where this is going. Spooky season. 
It's Halloween night in 1974, and okay. it's rainy. The children of Deer Park, Texas, were all out knocking on, on doors, getting their Halloween candy. Ronald Clark O'Brien was out, too, with his two children, eight-year-old Timothy and five-year-old Elizabeth, as they trick-or-treated in a suburban neighborhood near their home. Joining them was Jim Bates and his young son. So mom is at home handing out candy. Dad takes the two littles out to go trick-or-treating with one of his buddies. Right. One of the houses that the group approached had its lights switched off, but the kids banged on the door anyway, excited to get Halloween candy. The vague promise of candy was just too enticing. Right? I, mean, I get it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, I don't, but begging for candy. Anyway, <laughs> um, but there was no answer. Either the occupants were either hiding or no one was home. Growing impatient, the kids ran off to find another house, and Jim followed. Ronald stuck behind. Catching up with the others a little while later, Ronald had great news. He produced a handful of 21-inch pixie sticks, those disgusting, nasty tubes of... I love a good pixie stick. Oh, my God. Blue ones. So disgusting. The blue razz powdered sugar candy all day long so gross it's like the worst candy ever turned out somebody had been hiding in the dark house all along the sweets were handed out one to each of the three of all of the children that were there Mm -hmm. one for jim's other child and one to a 10 year old boy that ronald had just recognized and handed to as he walked by before bed timothy was only allowed one treat from the evening's hall and picked his pixie stick yeah, you're going to pick the most sugary option. <laughs> Disgusting. But the powdered sugar was stuck in the straw, and it wasn't until his dad helped him to dislodge it that he could take his first mouthful. It tasted bitter, he complained, so Ronald just went and grabbed him a glass of Kool-Aid, and he chugged it down. That was that. Yeah. An hour later, Timothy was dead. This is my biggest fear. <laughs> you're just smiling. Do you know this case? Yeah. This is my biggest fear as a mother. I was going to just not tell you I do. Oh, my gosh. I could tell by your face because you're like no reaction whatsoever. I'm trying so hard not to have a reaction. Uh, Harris County Prosecutor Mike Hinton recalls that, quote, I got a call from the Pasadena Police Department. They told me that an eight-year-old boy had died. He was rushed to the hospital, but he had already passed. Wanting to get his investigation underway immediately, he called Joseph Jamaski chief medical examiner of nearby Harris County. I told him the situation and he asked what the young man's breath smelled like. A call to the morgue revealed that there was a scent of almonds coming from the boy's mouth. Oh, interesting. It's cyanide. That's what cyanide. Cyanide smells like almonds? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. An autopsy proved that the medical examiner's hunch, a pathologist said that Timothy had consumed enough cyanide. Oh, now I can't say the word. Cyanide. Cyanide to kill two people. Oh, damn. Tess later found that the top two inches of the pixie stick had been packed with the poison. That part that was like... He had to dislodge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Police officers had managed to recover the remaining sweets from the other children before they had a chance to dig into them and noted that whoever was responsible for doing that had used staples to reseal the pixie sticks. Oh. Yeah, which actually saved another boy's life that night. Because they found the little boy in bed, the parents did, found the little boy in bed, like trying to, with the pixie sticks, like sneaking it into bed, like you all like, do. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't strong enough to like open it and didn't, you know, wasn't 
To get the staple undone? Yeah, right, which actually saved his life. Right. Dang. So the police took Ronald back to the neighborhood the group had been at to try and identify which house that they got this candy from, right? But he was just stumped. Like, he couldn't remember. He couldn't find the house. He said that they'd never seen the face of the person responsible, that the person had just emerged from a doorway and handed him the county. And so investigators were like, oh, okay, something's fishy here. Yeah, something's seriously. not right here. Like, this isn't, this isn't quite adding up. Somebody hands them to you, but you don't look at their face. Like, there's pleasantries that go back and forth. Trick or treat here. Thank oh, you. I like your costume. Have a good night. Right. And then to hand them to... And, and to know how many to give this guy who didn't have any kids with him. Like, they were like, mm, I don't know. This this yeah. isn't adding. This yeah, that's is a weird situation. You'd think that you'd remember the one house that, like, had the lights off that you banged and stood there and waited to get candy from. Well, and it's all very, very specific. Yeah. You know, very specific. So a few days go by, and Hinton, the investigator, was, like, incredibly frustrated. So they took O'Brien back out again. And they were really, really firm with him this time. And they were just like, what the hell happened? Like, stop playing games with us. Your kid is dead. Tell us what the hell happened. Right. Tell us what they looked like. Like, anything at all that you can remember. A couple days has passed. Like, the shock is wore off. Like, we gotta, we've got to solve this. Get your shit together. Give us answers. Right. Right. So, the man who lived in the home wasn't, who lived at the house where Hinton said, not Hinton, Hinton was the investigator. Um, that Ronald said where they got it wasn't home. So they went to his work. And it was by the airport. And they arrested him in front of everyone. In front of all of his colleagues. In front of, like, at his work at the airport. Right. Where everybody's at, publicly, in front of everybody, arrest this guy for murder. Right. Case closed, right? Right. Wrong go. <laughs> the man had an alibi. Oh, where was he? It turned out that he was working that night. Oh, at the airport where lots at, of people are. And cameras <laughs> and all the rest of it. Right, exactly. His wife and his daughter were home, but they had turned the lights off early because they had ran out of candy, which is what you do. You don't knock on doors when the lights are off, yo. Right. I mean, ever. You don't do that. I just said, yo. I know, it made me smile. Jesus. <laughs> colleagues at the time, colleagues and the timesheets all verify the information. He was there. Like, no funny business. Dad did not grab any pixie sticks from any man that was standing in any doorway in any dark house or by any whatever. That did not happen. Oh, so what happened? So. Spill the but tea. Then, but then this happened, okay? So it's Timothy's funeral. And dad is really, really upset. Like, enough that everybody noticed he was upset because relatives, specifically his family, wouldn't stay up the night of Timothy's funeral. I mean, like, over the top, notable enough, like, he was pissed that people were tired and exhausted and going to bed and not staying up to listen to him. Like, like to the point that, I mean, like, they're talking about it, right? Like, I don't know what his deal was. He wouldn't let us go to bed. Like, he was pissed that we wanted to go to bed. Well, he had written a song about Jesus... Okay, dad had written a song about Jesus and Timothy joining the Lord in heaven. And he had grown agitated with his grieving family when they wouldn't stay up to watch a recording of him performing the song being broadcasted on television. What? Okay, I didn't know that part. Yeah. 
So Hinton is like something. I thought was, you were gonna say like he wanted to like perform it like a four year old coming out to perform for his parents. Like, <laughs> Mommy, watch my dance. No, it was being broadcast on television. He had written this song about Timothy joining the Lord in heaven, and he had sang it and he had performed it, and it was going to be broadcasted. And he wanted everybody to watch this. And they were like, specifically his wife was like, I'm tired. I just buried my son. Like I would just prefer to go to my bed. Like, I don't want to hear your damn song. I want to go to bed about my son going to hell. I don't want to hear it. I want to go to bed. Right. And he was seven shades of pissed. He was not having it. Rightfully. I mean, like, rightfully so for the wife. Right. Right. But, and then, and then she says that to cops. She's like, I don't know what is going on with him, but why would he write a song like just a minute ago about my son dying? And now my son is dead. And then it airs the day of my son's funeral and he's pissed because we don't... I mean, like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean... Right? Fair. Very fair. Absolutely. So, soon after, while teaching a class at the Pasadena Police Department, uh, detectives arrive at Hinton's door. They had discovered that Ronald had recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his children. $10,000 per child in January of that year, and then a further $20,000 on each the month before Halloween. Interesting. Investigators already knew that Ronald owed a ton of debt, like over $100,000 in debt, and they were, like, starting to bang on his door. Like, it was, he needed to start producing some money. So when they found out that he had called the insurance to ask about the payment at 9 a.m. the morning after Timothy's death, it was clear that there was a case that was coming together. People, like, this is the biggest red flag. A- but my deal is I have life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. My husband is not the only person on my life insurance. No. I have it split yep. a few ways. There's a few beneficiaries on there. Right. Because if you have one person, it's always that person. It's always that person. <laughs> case after case after case. Yeah, I mean, it's that's true. It's always that person. That's true. Um, but here's the other thing, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a common practice thing, but I don't have life insurance policies on my kids. It's a weird. It's, yeah. How, why are you just expecting your children to die before you? I, right. I, that's, life insurance policies is not my responsibility. I have health savings accounts. I have college funds. I have, I have all sorts of other things. I have investments. I mean, my kids have a financial portfolio. Right. By the time they even go into kindergarten. However, I don't have life insurance policies on any of my children. No. Any of them. I got my own life insurance policy. Right. So it's you are a beneficiary, so don't kill me. It's weird, I know, and you're one of mine. But anyway, don't kill me. (laughs) Why would I? Oh my gosh, goodness. Okay, so Hinton takes all of this to whoever he has to take it to, and he gets granted a warrant. Right, so he searches O'Brien's house and was offered up a pair of scissors with plastic residue that was on them, similar to that found in the cyanide laced sweets. So he didn't clean the scissors. The scissors that still he had, right. Dislodge it with? Right. So now he's arrested and he's taken back down to the department for questioning. As the investigation goes on, the evidence starts to stack up. It turns out that O'Brien was going to community college and in class would ask his professor questions like, what is more lethal, cyanide or a different type of poison? And his instructor would be like, 
why would somebody ask me that question? Why? That's a very... This is what, 94? 74. Oh. Yeah. So this is way... I was like, 94. I mean, there was computers, but... Right. No, no. 74. Where you had to actually... Anyway. Ask your professor how to kill your children. Another another witness. And he was an an eye doctor. Optician? Something like that. An opt... Whatever. He was an eye doctor. So, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, another witness who worked for a chemical company in Houston told the police that a man had come to buy some cyanide, but left after being told that the smallest amount that he could buy was five pounds. The man from the store said that he could identify O'Brien, but he remembered that this customer was wearing a beige or a blue smock like a doctor. He was an optician. Why can't I say that word? Optician. Optician. And that's exactly the uniform that he would wear. That's pretty damn specific. Like, why would you go and buy cyanide in your work outfit? Like, if you're a doctor, it's this pretty specialized field. You would think being a doctor or being smart enough to get a medical degree that you'd be smart enough to fucking cover your tracks. Seriously. And let... I don't know. What an idiot. Okay, but this was before DNA or countless debit cards, whatever, so you can't track stuff, right? People paid for shit with cash. Also, so, did you yeah. say five pounds? You would only sell five pounds of cyanide? Yeah. What do you use cyanide for other than... I don't I don't know because I'm not in the business of poisoning people. Maybe it's just to do like mass poisonings. I don't know. That's a great question. Google it. I'm going to Google at the end. Yeah. Okay, but... <laughs> Jeez. But Hinton remembers like during the trial, one very, very, very chilling thing that O'Brien said to him, okay? And this... He said that, like, this dude, like, really liked attention. Whether it was good or bad, like, he liked attention. Clearly. (laughs) Right. Do you know this, though, since you know this case? That he said that, like, even during trial, it was like, look at me, I'm on trial. Like, this grandiose of, like, everybody look at me. Everybody's looking at me. Oh, this is all about me. Everybody's here for me, right? But one day, in trial, Hinton walks by him while he's sitting up there. And this is what he says to him. He turns to Hinton and he says, do you want a Tootsie Roll? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. He offered him a Tootsie Roll. No, I did not know that. That is some sinister shit right there. That is like some mind fucking bullshit. Even if you didn't poisoning, like the mind games of that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. While you're on trial. Right. Yeah. And he says it to the head investigator. Want a Tootsie Roll? <laughs> like, oh is that God. a threat? Like, wh- is that, did you just threaten me, bro? Like, what? what? Add a charge. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so he obviously pleads not guilty, right, with his defense blaming. the Tootsie Pop or Tootsie Roll. I know, and then tested it or something. I don't know. But his defense was blaming the tainted candy on some, some like, untraceable boogeyman right that was just Mm -hmm. whatever anyway a sick individual using the cover of halloween to poison unsuspecting children the friends family co-workers they all testified against the man they all were like no and now they call him the candy man and on june 3rd 1975 it took just 46 minutes for a jury to return with a guilty verdict for one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Yeah, because he gave it to other people's children. Right, absolutely. An hour later, it was decided that he would be executed by the electric chair. Should have given him some poison. Right. Okay, so 1974. (laughs) 
Okay. So the rumors of, like, this is one of my fears as a mother still today. I mean, whatever. How many years later is this? 50 years later of poisoning candy on Halloween night, right? But the fear is right that there'll be candy on Halloween will be laced with razor blades or needles or or whatever, right? right? But that's actually like there's never been a case of that happening. That wasn't from the parent? Right. There's never been a case of that. But th- from this story, because this happened, like that fear. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm sure until he was arrested, that's what the community thought. Absolutely. So... I completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) So Ronald Clark O'Brien obviously appealed many, many times. He went through all of his appeal processes. Every single one was turned down for nearly a decade after his guilty verdict. So it wasn't until March 31st of 1984 that he was actually executed. Mm -hmm. Um, But at this point, the U.S. Supreme Court had ruled that the electric chair was cruel and unusual. So his life was ended by lethal injection. But... He lived with his wife in Deer Park, Texas, with her son, Timothy, and daughter, Elizabeth. He worked, like I said, as an opti- an eye doctor. I don't know why I can't say that damn word today. He was also a deaconess of the Second Baptist Church, and oh, he sang course. in a choir and ran a local bus program. That's, that's crazy. All because he was in debt. All because he was in debt. That's what a child's life is for, I guess. Brutal. So outside the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, where he was executed, a crowd of around 300 people gather to hear if the man, the Halloween prisoner is what they called him, <laughs> as they're, they're, all, yeah, they're all outside screaming this, right? And they're all waiting for him to, to meet his, his, his fate, right? And they're all shouting as he's about to be executed, 300 people outside shouting, trick or treat, trick or treat. Trick or treat as he was put to death. Oh, shit. Right. At the time, <laughs> he, was, the, he was sentenced to, to death. Under Texas law, they were confined to the LS1 unit near Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Carl Pickett, a former chaplain who worked for the um, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, O'Brien was completely shunned and despised, despised by everybody in death row because he killed his kid. Right. I mean, kids we've, are off limits. We've talked about this before, about, like, the code code that they have mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yep. The inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an, organi- an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution day to express their hatred for him. Like, he was completely... They hated him. I mean, rightfully so. Right. Do you want to know what his last words were? What? They're, it's, it's not like one or two words. Oh. This is what he says. These are his words. What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean that our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I forgive all of you that have taken part in my my death in any way. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask for your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who has offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my beloved, to my loved ones, I extend my undying love. 
<clears throat> to those close to me, know in your hearts that I love you, one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be with you always. At 12.48 a.m., he was pronounced dead. I'm sorry, you're... Can you not bring... This is wrong. I'm sorry, your job is to protect this child that you took his life. He doesn't get to grow up. And seriously, can we not bring God into the conversation as you're about to be executed for killing God's son? An innocent child. Your innocent child. Innocent, trusting, loving, whatever child. And he knew, like, when his son, like, was opening it, remember when I said that it was, like, stuck at the top, and he said that it was, um... Like, if I opened a piece of candy for my kids and it looked as though it had been wet or it was crusty or whatever like that, I'd be like, oh, throw that away. Don't eat that, right? Because obviously it's tainted. Or it's bad or it's, yeah. Whatever. Like, that's just, he knew. 100%. You wouldn't, like, dislodge the crusty lump of And his son ever so trustingly, this is sour and it doesn't taste good. Oh, son, I'll just get you some Kool-Aid. Just wash it down. And gave him enough to kill two grown-ass people. The thing, too, and I, 100%, it was to make it look like it was that house. Because if just his son's candy killed him, he was going to kill, I mean, all of those kids that went trick-or-treating with him. Other people's families. Right. To get away with it. Right. What an idiot. Like, if that's what he wanted to do, then he should have done a whole bunch of them and put them in a bowl out there. So that, you know... Okay. Fuck. I just. <laughs> I just. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, right, he's not very freaking you. smart. That's what I'm saying. For a doctor, you'd think he'd be more intelligent. Right. And not calling at 9 a.m. the next day to be like, hey, so, um, did you hear Tim? Timothy died last night? Yeah, my so son just died less when than. When will I get that check? Right. Yeah. Red flag. Huge red flag. Like, money should not even be. Well, you wouldn't even be think. I mean, a normal grieving parent wouldn't even be thinking about money at that no, point. No, they'd be like his poor wife that's like, I just buried my son. I want to go hysterically cry in my bed. Right. Now, I could not find if she stayed married to him. Oh, I'm sure the fuck she didn't. If she did, damn. I, you know, though, I don't know. I don't I've know, seen. It catches us off guard every time it happens, but. Yeah. I know, and um, and more women stay than leave. I know, which is... Why do you think that is? Why do women stay? Yeah. Well, it's this concept... Well, here we go into psychology. I know, with, I was just thinking about with that. With, like, I... two weeks of pain pills and whatever, so... As soon as your, psych- your psycholo- <laughs> psychological brain... My psychological brain will see if it'll work, yeah. if I can pull something yeah. out. So there really is, like, this theory of of... You know, like with our hybristophilia, mm-hmm. um, did I say that word? Whoa. Holy cow. Um, episode that we did of this, this concept of they wouldn't do it to me. See, but as a mother, I would be like, it do, do it to me. Do it to my kids. You're, psh, you do it to my kids and it's worse than doing anything to me. Right. Because there has been cases like that where the, one of the parents kills uh, one of their children or all of their children and the spouse stays and, that, and they stay why yeah you think 
that your love for your children would outweigh your love for your spouse. Right, unless you're super, super religious. If you're super, super religious, and a lot of religions say this, and I'm not going to say any specifically, but a lot of religions say without the husband and wife, there would be no children, and your loyalty is to your husband or your wife first, right. not to your children. Yeah. And so if they are hardcore you know, whatever religion, well, I already said what religion they were, but, you know, if they were, maybe it was a religious thing, maybe it was a financial thing, maybe it's a dependence thing. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, I mean, I know people who have not gotten divorced because they can't afford to get divorced or they don't have the resources in order to get the, the, it's super easy to get married. It's not super easy to get divorced. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I guess in Texas, too. Texas is hard to get divorced. Right. And I maybe maybe the thought process is, right, and I don't know. I don't know what it was like in Texas. I don't know what it was like in 1974. But maybe if a father is incarcerated, the state gives some sort of financial benefit to the child, you know, because yeah, he has a surviving a child. Right. And in 1974, it's highly probable. I don't know this, but it's highly probable that mom didn't work. Maybe she was dependent on that. Maybe she was thinking, well, he's going to die anyway. So why? Yeah. You know, if I'm a widow, at least I'll be able to collect his life insurance. Do you get that if you get, if you're executed? I don't. Do you think you get death benefits? I don't know. These are all things I need to know. I you do get death benefits regardless of how you die. Either way, that's even if you're executed. That's true. Yeah. I need to look something up. But there's there's a million reasons and and we don't know what kind of psychological abuse that she was enduring either at home. I mean there's a million reasons that she would stay, but I don't know that she did. She might have divorced him. I don't know. I couldn't find that information. I couldn't find anything on her. It's interesting. Yeah. I need to know what cyanide is used for. Yeah, me too. It's in manufacturing. In manufacturing, cyanide is used to make paper, textiles, and plastics. It is present in the chemicals used to develop photographs as well. Oh, interesting. Cyanide salts are used in metallurgy, metal cleaning, and removing gold from its ore. Cyanide gas, well, it wasn't gas, so. But cyanide gas is used to exterminate pests and vermin. Did you say the cyanide was in paper? Yeah. Probably not anymore. Probably not anymore. Um, what if you have recycled paper? I don't know, <laughs> man. I used to eat paper all the time when I was a kid. Dude, I did too. I used to pretend it was gum. So gross. So disgusting, but I used to eat it. So you can get cyanide poisoning from any form of cyanide, obviously. Early symptoms include headache, dizziness, fast heart rate, shortness of breath, and extreme vomiting. This then is followed by seizure, slow heart rate, low blood pressure, loss of consciousness, and then cardiac arrest. So that's a shitty fucking way to die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Onset of this occurs within minutes. If you survive, you will have long-term neurological problems. Oh, my God. Probably, yeah, obviously, because you're having seizures and... I wonder if Timothy actually picked the pixie stick or if his dad like i bet his dad was like hey buddy you know you can have this one tonight yeah this is all you can have if you don't have this one you don't get anything i wonder if i wonder if it was that forced because he was super 
he was super Johnny on the spot about the money. 9 a.m. the next day. Right. Less, less than probably 12 hours after his son died. That's... Horrible. Special place in hell. And I do like his deathbed, like, repentance there. I forgive everyone, and I, I, forgive and I you ask guys. forgiveness for everything that I did. Apparently, if you... Another potential route of getting exposure, um, workplaces that are involved in metal polishing, um, pesticides, and... Certain seeds from apples or apricots. <gasps> really? That's interesting. Uh, I need to get off cyanide. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm going to scare myself <laughs> of eating anything ever again. Right. No fruit. No more apricots. Not that we eat apricots, but anyway. Oh, those aren't ap- apricots. Those what are our tree? Pear. Pit. Oh. Plum. Plum. Okay, it's okay. fine. I thought it was an apricot. That's why I got. That's why I was so dramatic about that. I was like, "Our apricot tree outside is gonna kill us." <laughs> it's a plum tree. It's a plum. We're fine. It's okay, guys. We're not gonna get cyanide poisoning. That's funny. Wash your apricots really good. Anyway, that's my case today. Good. It's a, a great one. Halloween one. I learned lots of things I didn't know. So even though I knew it, and where it came from, like that is that's insane to me that it was one case that wasn't even what the whole. Every mother forever has feared. Yeah. That's like, you know, people being like, oh, there's going to be like drugs in your candy. Show me a drug dealer who's just giving out free drugs to kids. Seriously. Tell me who. Seriously. For real, though. Right. And that shit's expensive. Nobody's doing that. Right. <laughs> well, fantastic job. I learned lots of things that I didn't know, so I'm impressed. Yeah. So this is our Halloween spooky season spooky cases. It wasn't a suspended sentence, but Halloween is just right around the corner. So How could we not? How could we not? Well, and you're learning about how something most moms are scared of. So. Right. It's not a legit fear. I mean, it's still going to be a fear of mine. I just... Sam tax my siblings candy. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I go with you to trick or treat, I am entitled to at least a quarter of your bag of candy. Right. From each child. Yeah. It's getting less as the children grow up. But yeah. Because you don't come trick or treating. Man, back in the day, I had four to four of them to Sam tax from. Right. I'd get like a whole bag of candy. Yeah. Now everybody's like, we can have candy whenever we want. <laughs> mom, it's not, mom will go buy a bag of candy. Right. And we don't need to go trick-or-treating, which I am here for. That's why I do it. There you go. I hate going and begging for candy. <laughs> trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat. You know, you don't get good stuff. You know, when I was a kid, you'd go to your neighbor's houses and they'd make popcorn balls or they'd make, you know, like good stuff. Now it's just like, I'll just like... Let's save the $20 in gas, and I'll go and buy you a bag of... What do you want? 10 pound, 20 pound? What what, what you want. Which one you want, and I'll get you exactly what you want instead of all the crap that you don't want. I'll save you the time and me the gas money, and we'll just stay home. Watch a scary movie. But no, can't do that. Anyway. Whatever. All right. I'm down for it. You can buy me a 10 pound bag of candy. I will, if you take the kids trick-or-treating. Okay, let's calm it down. All right, guys. Good job on this one. (laughs) And thanks for educating everybody on irrational fears. Yeah. I don't think it's irrational. It's irrational. I don't think so. Still, check your kids' candies. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Stay safe.